This one is called Road Trip. I added my travel-sized deodorant to my already-filled plastic bag and pressed it shut. I wasn't going to be gone for long, so I threw it into my backpack along with two changes of clothes, a charger, tampons, a few books, and other random items I likely wouldn't need. The drive shouldn't take more than a few days total, so a long weekend ahead would hopefully give me some closure. My husband didn't understand why I needed such a long weekend away by myself, but he was trying to be understanding after what had happened. On my way uptown, I stopped at the gas station to get snacks. I methodically walked up and down the aisles of our Texaco, debating on what to get. I grabbed sour cream and onion chips, a 20-ounce cherry Pepsi, and a king-sized Snickers bar. I forgot my wallet in the car, so I had to leave everything on a shelf, run out to the car, and come back in to pay. What a hassle. I hated small inconveniences. Lately, I'd been struggling more with being patient. I had an underlying sense of panic that surrounded almost everything I did. Would they find out? There was a small line when I came back into the store, so I scrolled through my phone habitually. Ugh, I really needed to delete Facebook. I can help you over here, the cashier mumbled. He had greasy, disheveled hair and looked past me, asked if I had any gas outside. His dirty hands and unclipped fingernails grabbed my snacks as he scanned them slowly. <clears throat> I'd filled up the night before, so today was for snacks only. Just the snacks, I answered. I got my debit card and ran it through the machine. It didn't go through the first time or the second time, but the third time it rang through. Jesus, eleven ninety-seven for three measly items? Let out a sigh and got back to the car. Over the past month, I found myself getting even more impatient due to my ongoing stress. While the cashier's nails had been unclipped and dirty, my own fingernails were gnawed so short that sometimes they bled and I had to put band-aids on the end. Back in the car, I situated myself, got my phone out, had my Google Maps displayed so I knew where I was going. I had an incredibly long drive ahead of me today. I shuffled through my playlist I saved on my phone. Hmm, not sure what mood I was in. Car dancing, depression, mellow music, raging, nostalgia. I ended up listening to mellow music and got back on the freeway. The speed limit said 65, but I easily was going 80. It's not that I was in a hurry, but there was no use going slow either. Though the music was calm, my mind was not. I glanced at her, sitting next to me, and then back at the road. It's hard to focus, but I zoned out and was quiet during the drive. I pulled into the Super 8 parking lot around 7. The sun was slowly setting and my eyes were getting droopy. I was having a hard time keeping them open. I had been driving with minimal brakes for the past 10 hours and knew that I was at a good stopping point. I went to the hotel lobby to get a room for the night. I unwrapped a red and white peppermint while I waited for someone to finally show up. Her blue eyes pierced me when she spoke to me. They were kind, but also distant. She smacked her gum, made eye contact as she asked me how my day had been. Her name tag read Lindsay, and she had three smiley face stickers below it. Her curly hair was specifically disheveled and in a high ponytail on her head. She was attractive, but not in a way that anyone would likely notice. She was pleasant, but not polite. I was shy and I didn't say much. I maybe even blushed. I politely asked for recommendations on a good place to get food, but didn't break our eye contact, despite my awkwardness. 
Her long, pink fingernails tapped on the marble counter as she handed me a laminated sheet of paper that had restaurant recommendations on it. As she was talking to me, I noticed the way the button on her uniform was unbuttoned one button further than I guess management would have approved of. I couldn't look away. A small heart necklace hung around her neck, and the tip of it slid into her shirt. Any questions? She looked at me unenthused. I reluctantly grabbed the laminated sheet, went to my room. I had left Jessie in the car, but she was with me now. I ordered from a local pizza place, stuffed my face, and passed out by nine. I had to get up at six to be on the road by seven, so I had another eight to ten hours to go tomorrow, depending on traffic, weather, how many breaks I need. I didn't get much sleep that night. The AC in the hotel was on full blast and constantly rattled. The room said it was smoke-free, but the light smell of weed lingered from the last guest. The street lamp from outside peeked through the small opening between the curtains. I woke up at midnight and aggressively tried to shut the curtains tight, but failed. Ugh, I groaned. Glanced at Jessie. She hadn't moved. I curled back in bed, faced the wall where the AC was blasting. I slept on and off through the night, momentarily waking up from smell, noises, and general uncomfortableness of the lumpy pillow I was desperately trying to sleep on. By now, I was used to sleepless nights, reoccurring dreams, waking up in panic attacks. Worrying about the AC, the streetlight, and the smell was a welcomed reprieve. At 5, I finally passed out, only to be woken by my 6 a.m. alarm. Ugh, I reluctantly stood up, showered, and was out the door by 7 with Jessie. The terrain had changed since I started yesterday. I was getting further south and had rolled the windows down. It was easily in the 70s here, and the warmth against my pale skin felt nice. I had my sunglasses on, my car dancing playlist blasting, and Jessie beside me. I couldn't resist a smile, though my instincts were against me. I pulled over for a break at an outlook. I hadn't been to the Grand Canyon since I was in grade school. Jessie had always wanted to go. She had told me a while ago, back when we had first met, that it was one of the things on her bucket list. We had done a bunch of things on her bucket list, going to Hawaii being my favorite. I couldn't get over the waves, the beach, the flowers, the beauty. We had spent two weeks there over Christmas one year. I had always wanted to go back. It was years ago, but I scrolled through those pictures on my phone quite often and remembered it like we had gone last week. My screensaver was a picture of us at the beach. Her blonde hair had gotten frizzy from the humidity. She looked like a goddess. She had the type of effortless beauty that was hard to match. That picture was one of many that now haunted me. Three hours later, I started seeing the brown signs for the Grand Canyon. Less than after, less than an hour left of driving and we'd be there. I smiled at her and kept going. We bought our park pass, entered the Grand Canyon National Park. We went during off season, so it wasn't as busy as I thought it would be. But the main parking lot was still littered with cars from all over the US. When I'd been there when I was younger, I'd kept track of all the license plate I had seen. One time, I'd even seen a Hawaii license plate, which was like finding a unicorn. I never forgot that. Jesse, Jesse was my unicorn. We took a short hike up to the outlook. I grasped at how breathtaking it was. I turned to Jesse. 
I opened the wooden urn I had been holding her in. I set her into the wind. She flew wild and free into the sky, and in a few f- short moments, she had disappeared. Sarah, I had whispered to myself as I sobbed. You did the right thing. A few months ago, when she was in a coma, I hadn't been so sure. I'd spent many nights awake trying to decide what she had wanted and why she had listed me as her medical directive. I felt paralyzed trying to make those decisions. We had secretly been dating for years. It was easy because no one knew that what we had was more than just friendship. I was already married to my husband, and Jesse was my best friend. It was completely natural that we hung out, went on trips, spent time together. To me, she was everything I hadn't realized I had been missing. An ache that I didn't know needed to be filled. Something I hadn't planned, something I never shared. But it was the most honest thing I had felt in my life. I loved her. I longed for her in every way, but I also thought I had lost her. Jessie did recover and came out of her coma. She slowly started to gain back her strength and she was discharged with nursing services in place. She glowed when she saw me standing at the edge of her bed and before we had even left the hospital, she'd proposed. I beamed at her, but I didn't answer. She couldn't imagine returning to our lives the way they had been. But I couldn't risk the life we had anymore. I couldn't hurt my husband, my family, my friends. Everyone I knew thought I was straight. It would destroy them, and the lies I was keeping were slowly chipping away at me. While she was napping on that first day when she got back from the hospital, I'd kissed her cheek and lovingly held a pillow over her until she took her last breath. She would always be my secret, and she would take that to her grave.